Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Praise God. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. Why why don't we all just speak his name? Just say his name, Jesus. You know, that's there's no greater name that is named. I, many of you have heard me tell the story. I was going across a, a icy bridge in the wintertime as a new believer, me and this other guy, and it looked like we were going to, we started slipping on black ice, looked like we were going to go over the edge of this small canyon, and both of us were just brand new believers, and we cried out the same prayer. We said, Jesus, and that van got okay. We made it across, and then we said, thank you, Jesus. Kind of added to it, you know. God's good. Uh, I've got a message I'm going to bring to you this morning. I'm going to explain this uh, title and all in just just a bit, but being the first of the year, I thought it'd be good for us to receive communion together, and so we're going to do that in a relatively short, brief time, but I want to share some things first. Anybody who's been in church for any length of time knows when a preacher says a relatively short time, it's relative. <clears throat> But we are, we're going we're gonna to receive communion just, just a bit. <clears throat> and I'm going to admit, I, right, just right up front, I stole the title of this sermon from a message I heard in a Bible conference uh, some 30, maybe even 40 years ago. Uh, and so I don't remember much from the sermon except that it was about zeal, and it referred to a guy in the Old Testament named Jehu. And I've been thinking about preaching on zeal for several months and uh, love this title, so I'm using it. <laughs> and I understand that, that the graphic that I am using this way almost looks like, uh, gosh, it could, it could go back to the old uh, uh, Sunday school days with the felt, you know, the felt boards and all. It, you know, it, it is a little bit of an archaic uh, uh, picture, but it depicts the scene that I'm uh, drawing my title from. Now, if you look at the title, Zeal Behind the Wheel, and then you look at Jehu, <clears throat> and you look at his hands, you have probably picked up that he is not steering the horses with a steering wheel. He's us- using reins to steer the horses. But there are two wheels on the chariot, and so hence the name, zeal behind the wheel. Or more accurately, zeal behind the wheels. Okay, somebody just tell me, move on. We got it. I can, I can already feel you. <laughs> that relatively short period of time, right? Okay. Now, God had chosen Jehu to be king over Israel and to get rid of Baal worship in Israel and 
get rid of the evil King Ahab and the wicked Queen Jezebel. It's a very long story. I'm not going to go into that this morning, but in this next verse, Jehu was driving his chariot to take care of business, and there was a watchman on the wall reporting to the king about this crazy fast chariot approaching. And so in 2 Kings chapter 9 and verse 20, the watchman tells the king, the driving is like the driving of Jehu, the son of Nimshi, for he drives furiously. Is Pastor Hills in here this morning? No, no, he's not. We could have said, Pastor Hills, for he drives furiously. But it's Jehu. After, after this scene, and he had, he had taken care of some business there at that castle, Jehu peels out in his chariot, you know, to deal with Jezebel and the rest of the bad guy, Baal worshipers. And so we go to, over to the next chapter, 2 Kings chapter 10, 5 and 16. And it says, now when he departed from there, he met Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, Rechab, coming to meet him and greeted him and said to him, is your heart right as my heart is towards your heart? And Jehonadab answered, it is. And Jehu said, if it is, give me your hand. So he gave him his hand and he took him up into the chariot. In verse 16, then he said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. So they had him ride in the chariot. Hence the name, zeal behind the wheel. Now there are a lot of qualities you and I as believers ought to express and cultivate in our lives, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, all of the fruit of the Spirit. We, we are given the fruit of the Spirit, but then we are to practice that fruit of the Spirit in our lives. It's their qualities and, and really giftings that God gives us that then we work on through our Christian lives, right? One of the areas we need to work on throughout our Christian life is this subject and this quality of zeal. Zeal means to have a warm feeling or to be passionate towards something or someone. Now, I would like to be able to tell you that I am just always on fire and passionate towards Jesus, but sometimes I feel like my zeal, instead of being this, you know, roaring flame, may seem like just kind of a little flicker. And I believe that I'm probably in the midst of some others who at times you feel like you're in that place, like you're just maybe a little flicker. And if you feel that, then there's hope for us. When Jesus sees us flickering, he doesn't just snuff us out. Aren't you glad for that? Matthew 12, 20 and 21 says, A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out till he has brought forth 
justice through to victory. And in his name, the nations will put their hope. See, there is hope for us if we are smoldering and flickering. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. I believe he is here today to help stir us up again and to ignite our zeal. Now, there were several things that I was going to talk about. I had several subjects and that I was going to go into that we ought to be zealous toward. And I, as I was preparing, I had this thing, that thing, and the other thing. And then I uh, was kind of in the back of my mind thinking about that statement, relatively short period of time. And so I just decided to concentrate on one one area that we ought to be zealous toward, and everybody here said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we ought to be zealous toward God himself. Amen. We're going to be receiving communion, and this is the, the whole purpose of communion is for us to kind of focus on him. And so this actually is what Jehu had said in our opening text uh, about zeal, he said in 2 Kings 10, verse 16, come with me and see my zeal. Whoops, I didn't put it up, did I? Come and see my zeal for the Lord. Of all the things that we should be zealous toward in our lives as believers, God is first. In Matthew 22, verse 36 and 37, a teacher guy came to Jesus and said, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And so Jesus was saying that we ought to love God with everything we've got. I was having a, a brief conversation with someone in the foyer before the service, and I was saying, you know, I this, well, she was referring to another uh, person that's a new believer and is always just excited to be in church. And that's a good thing. And, uh, you know, my zeal for the Lord when I first became a Christian, it came kind of almost spontaneously. I mean, I was so excited about being a Christian. I was going to church all the time, was involved in witnessing to everybody and everything, and, and I was just so excited. You know, one of the first real shocks I got after I got saved was that everybody I talked to didn't get saved. Now, it, this wasn't because I thought that I was some great evangelist, but really it was that I had received Christ into my life. He was real to me, and so I knew what he had taken me out of, and what he had brought me into. And so my mind, and granted, I was a young, young guy back then, and I, my young mind thought, well, of course, everybody wants this. Everybody wants him. How, how could you not want him? And so it really did. It came across as a, a, a shock when I talked to somebody, and they kind of just you know, brushed it off, and I, and I thought, you know, wait, 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 wait. 
you're, you're not getting what I'm saying. You're not understanding. I'm, I'm telling you, this is not going to church. This is not just about uh, being involved in religious rhetoric or going through some uh, liturgy and things like that. It's not just religion. I'm telling you, I met Jesus Christ. He came into my life, and I mean, he changed me. I know him. This is real. He is real. He's not just a religious figure. He's not just somebody we think about during Christmas time and Easter time. He is real. He's my Savior. He saved me. And you know what? He offers to do it for whosoever will. And it was a real shock that everybody I talked to didn't, didn't catch it, you know. And so uh, I, I was just zealous. It was wintertime in 1975 when I got saved in Flagstaff. And one morning I was walking across a uh, vacant lot in Flag. And it had snowed a, a, a foot or more of snow the night before. And so this vacant lot was like a blank canvas. And so here I am in my uh, new convert mind. I think, wow, this, this is... I, this something needs to happen here on this lot. And so I took my feet and I spent some time and I wrote Jesus in like 10 to 12 foot letters across that vacant lot. Now I know it sounds kind of corny, but I didn't care. I was in love with Jesus. And I still love him a lot. But I have to remind myself of that first love from time to time. And this is what communion is about. It's about remembering. In Luke 22, verse 19, and he, Jesus, took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. It's important this morning for us to remember him and all that he has done for us. And I said before, it was easy for me as a new believer uh, that that zeal came just kind of was spontaneous. It just was a result of what I had experienced. But I got saved 48 years ago. On February 1st, it will be 48 years since I gave my life to Christ. So some time a little bit of time has passed. I used to joke about it and say, yeah, I got saved when I was like four. But nobody believes that, so I don't say that anymore. But anyway, it was, yeah, 48 years ago, and time has passed, and, and I don't uh, have all the energy that I had back as a young believer. But you know, all that we can, I, I know I can, I say we, I can make excuse for my uh, times of lack of zeal, but I think, and I'm telling myself this and, and us as well, I really don't think there's much excuse for us to have a lack of zeal. We need to remember what he has done for us, and I have to remind myself how strongly I feel about him still. still. And Jesus spoke to a church in Revelation about this in Revelation 2, verse 4 and 5, and he said, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. 
remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. And so he tells them and us today, remember. As we enter into this new year, we need to remember to let him know how much he means to us. We need to be zealous toward him. I, I pastored a guy back a number of years ago in a church, and when he got married to his wife, he told her, I love you, and if anything changes, I'll let you know. This really happened. And so he went for ever without just saying, I love you, because no doubt, he thought to himself, well, you know, she knows. And I think sometimes we may have this same kind of feeling about God. You know, he knows. He knows. And no doubt he does, but we still ought to remember to express it to him. We ought to be zealous Toward him. David was zealous toward God, wasn't he? The Psalms are full of his love for God. In Psalm 9, verse 1, he says, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works. David loved God with his whole heart. He wasn't a perfect man. We know about his failures and all, but it all heart always drove him back to God. And in those days, he loved God, and he was zealous toward God with his whole heart. In fact, it was God himself who said of David that he is a man after my own heart. And so God said this not really, I don't believe, as an expression of how strongly God felt toward David, though obviously he did. He loves us all with everything that he is because he is love, right? But I think, and I caught this some time ago, when he said David is a man after my own heart, it's just fairly descriptive. David was a man after the heart of God. He was zealous toward God. And in Psalm 63, in verse 1, he says, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Isn't that a, a beautiful picture of the heart of David? He is a man that is zealous toward God. And all we have to do is read through some of his psalms to catch this. Uh, the first verse in Psalm 23, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And he was saying, because I have him, I have everything. And God help us to remember that when we have him, we have everything. Now, it was right at this point as I was preparing this message the other day that I had to pause for a moment because I, I don't want this to become just another sermon about us loving God and, 
and uh, uh, without it being real to us. And so in it, I was uh, praying and considering, God, I, I don't want to just spend time, take their time, and just uh, urge and, and cajole and, and uh, push being in love with you and zealous toward you and them just not really get, get it. I want them to get I want us to get it. And then it occurred to me that this is the reason why we take communion. To remember and think about what he did for us so we could get to know him. Our love for God and our zeal for him becomes more intense when we remember. And so I'm going to ask the ushers to go ahead, if they would, and prepare. I'm, uh, they're going to pass the cups out, but I'm going to preach some more and ask you to just hold the cups there. There's, and as you receive them, you'll see there's a cup in a cup, two cups, the top has the juice and the lower one has the bread. And so make sure you take both cups and then just hold it. I, I uh, want us to have these as a visual of remembrance and then I'll preach for a little more relatively brief period of time while you hold the cups. The only requirement, if, you'll, if you guys will wait just for a moment, I, you're, you're doing good, but... Just for a moment, the only requirement to receive communion this morning is that you've asked Jesus to come into your heart and life. And so while the ushers just wait just for a moment, we're going to uh, have everyone just bow your head for a moment. If you've never received Christ into your life and you would like to today, or maybe you've been away from him for a time and, and today you say, you know what, I really would like his forgiveness in my heart and life. No one looking around just for a moment. You say, would you remember me in this prayer just before we receive communion? I would like to receive communion, but I want to know forgiveness of sins. And you know, it is uh, to say it's easy, it would be an a, a incredible overstatement. It is, it is a simple task in the sense that we just ask and he forgives what he did for us to purchase that was anything but easy, and we'll see that as we continue in the message. But, but this morning, if you have never received Christ or you've been away from him, you say, you know what, I really do want uh, to know afresh forgiveness of sin. No one looking around for a moment. Would you just hold your hand up there, and we're going to pray together here. God bless you. God bless you. I see these hands going up, honest hearts. Amen. <clears throat> All right, I'd like to lead us all, and if you would all just repeat this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross so that I could have your life and your forgiveness. I recognize that I have sinned, but I believe you died for my sins. I receive your forgiveness. Thank you for paying that price so that I can know you. I praise you in your wonderful name, Jesus.
Amen. Praise God. Now, if you just prayed that prayer, you are, you you just qualified to take communion. And the rest of us who are believers and have been, just go ahead, ushers, if you would. Thank you for holding out there. I'll need uh, some up here myself. <clears throat> so, again, communion is about remembering and thinking about all that Jesus did for us so that we could know him. And it was a lot. He gave everything. Listen to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. It says, looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. There is so much said in these two verses, but I want to just key in on that last verse and the phrase here, for consider him, because that's what we're doing in this communion service. We're considering him. Now, when I say consider him, to some it can almost, you know, it can sound kind of weak. Uh, Well, you know, like, uh, I'll I'll consider him. Or, you know, you talk about things, well, eh, I'll consider it. Your wife asks you if you want to go to Chili's after church to eat, and you go, eh, I'll consider it. But this consideration, yeah, it's dangerous talking about food during a church service. I've been doing this for a long time, and I keep trying to remember that distraction. Take that. You've got a snack coming very quickly. Just hang in there. The word consider is a more intense consideration as it's used here in this portion of of Scripture. Uh, It means literally to contemplate. Now, I, I thought, you know, I, I, I get irritated sometimes with definitions, you know. So consider, oh, it means to contemplate. Well, you know, I mean, we can all think of probably what contemplate, but I thought it would be rewarding and helpful to us to know what contemplate actually means. So it means to look at or view with continued attention, to observe or study thoughtfully, to consider thoroughly, think, listen, think fully or deeply about. And that's what we're doing during this communion service, thinking fully or deeply about Jesus. We're considering him. Consider him. He was perfect. He was the perfect, spotless, sinless son of God. He was perfection incarnate. He was God who became man, fully God, fully man, but as a man, he lived a sinless life. He was the original holier than thou. Now, when we use that phrase, holier than thou, we talk about people who think that they're better than everybody else. He was holier than anyone, and yet, here's the amazing thing, the worst of the worst felt like 
knew that he was approachable. You see it all the time through the Gospels. The, the, uh, uh, the, the horribly uh, uh, diseased, the uh, prostitutes, the, uh, those with some severe personality issues, uh, the worst of the worst. Uh, in their day, they call them tax collectors and sinners, publicans. You know, those were phrased. But basically, it was uh, all of the worst of the worst of the worst. And yet, here's a guy that is perfectly holy. And yet, they felt like they could come to him. They did come to him. They ate with him. They touched him. A woman uh, who, who had a horrible reputation, everybody knew about her, comes and she is weeping at his feet, letting her tears uh, drip onto his feet and taking her hair and wiping his feet with her hair. He was approachable by the worst of the worst. And so, listen, as you hold the cup, you uh, take that cup with the bread, and as you hold that cup, Understand this today, this, these cups contain a promise from Jesus to us that no matter what problem we have or what sin we have committed, he paid the price for it. The bread is symbolic of his body that was broken for us. In Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5, it says, surely... He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. The word griefs used here uh, in verse 4 means literally our sicknesses. The word sorrows there means pains. So he bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. The bread that we hold is a promise from Jesus that he paid the price for our healing and our heartaches. The things that make our hearts hurt. Now, I thought about just listing all, a, a lot of the things that make our hearts hurt, but it's so unique to each and every one of us. We all have areas that make our hearts hurt, make our hearts ache, uh, children or, or family, or, or the, the list is endless of the things that cause us, uh, our hearts to ache, pain, and sicknesses, uh, and illnesses. And so this bread is a promise that Jesus paid the price for it. He was beaten and whipped so that we could have peace. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And listen, the devil is such a thief. There are those here this morning that are anxious and are worried about things going on in our lives, and the bread we hold is Jesus' promise that he will be with us in whatever we face in life so we can have peace. And I'm going to pray before we receive the bread for healing and for his peace to settle in on everyone here great need in our day, in our time, 
It isn't every time, but I know that there's a lot of unrest that's going on in, in the world, in society, our nation, and in our own individual lives. And this morning, that piece of bread that you hold is symbolic of the price Jesus paid for your peace, for my peace, for our peace, for our healing. And I know that there are those, you know, there's been so much respiratory stuff going on and, and other illnesses and all. And, uh, you know, uh, COVID is no match before the stripes of Jesus Christ. Uh, respiratory illnesses or, or cancers, tumors or, or pain, headaches, uh, 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 migraine headaches and continual headaches, back pain, uh, uh, kidney issues, liver issues, all of these things. Look, this piece of bread is symbolic that Jesus paid the price for our healing, for our peace. And so I just want to pray before we receive the bread together. And I want you to tell yourself before I pray, <laughs> it was for me. It was for us. It was for me. It was for me. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we come before you and we do thank you. We remember, gosh, and the, the remembrance is so uh, palpable this morning to me, and I believe to us, of what you have done for us. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that you allowed your body to be whipped and beaten and you experienced such hostility against yourself for our healing and for our peace. And I speak against dis-ease, disease and dis-ease today. I speak against unrest and anxiety and worry and all of that, Lord, even though in the midst of our lives we all have our own uh, unique difficulties and problems that we deal with, today we trust you and believe that you paid the price, that you will be with us in whatever we experience, and that you paid the price for our healing and for our disease. And so today we receive this bread as a symbolic, uh, uh, as symbolic of your body that was broken for us. We praise you. We thank you for that. And by your stripes, we are healed. We were healed. Thank you, Jesus. He took the bread, broke it, and said, take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. <clears throat> As you hold that other cup, the, the juice, this is a cup that was Jesus has promised to us that no matter what we've done, no matter what mistakes we've made, no matter what sins we've committed, he paid the price for our forgiveness. And I said before, the devil is a thief, he is a robber, and he tries to burden us with guilt and condemnation from the past. And when I say past, it might have even been yesterday. But thank God, because of Jesus, our past can be past. Don't let the thief rob you of the sense of forgiveness. He paid too dear of a price 
for us to just discount that because that's if we hold on to guilt and condemnation, what we're doing is we really are kind of discounting what He did for us to pay the price for our forgiveness and freedom. So it's not, it's not well, I, just, I, I, I feel the need to, to uh, pay or that's something, I, I, guilt. And, you know, yeah, He took your price. He took my price. He paid our price. The devil hates the fact that we can come to God at any time for anything, and he tries to use condemnation and guilt to keep us away from God. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, and then verse 22, it says, Therefore, brethren, now listen to these, we're, we're drawing to a conclusion. Listen to these words. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest, by the blood of Jesus, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance. That is wonderful. We have boldness to enter the holiest. This was, a, this was a place that was reserved for one man, the high priest, at one time of the year, uh, the Day of Atonement, where he would take the blood into the Holy of Holies. And you know, now that veil, when Jesus was uh, hung on the cross and some of this, if you haven't been in church, it may not make a lot of sense to you, but it will. Trust me. The veil of the temple was ripped, and the place for the Holy of Holies was, was opened up. And so this is the point, is that you and I have the ability because, and he says, by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, we can, we can enter right into the holy presence of God without worry. <laughs> I mean, that's... that's isn't that staggering? You know you. <laughs> I know me. I know my past. But because of his blood shed for us, we don't have to be hesitant about coming directly in to his holy presence. The holier, the better. And he says, let us draw near. That's what God wants. That's why Jesus came and died and shed his blood. It was for us to draw near. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And so the price has been paid. We make a decision and say, yes, Jesus, and we enter in. Now I'm going to pray over the cup, and I want to encourage us all to receive this cup and the symbol of our forgiveness with a heart in full assurance because Jesus paid the price for that forgiveness. Aren't you glad? Amen. Let's pray over the cup now. Thank you, Jesus. We do again remember the horrible price you paid for our forgiveness. You shed all of your blood for us for forgiveness. We praise you. We thank you that now because of your blood and we have received you into our heart and life, we can enter directly into the very presence of God at any time for anything. You have opened the way for us to be able to come directly in to the holiest place of God, the very presence of God, to receive from you whatever we need. God, you're incredible. Jesus, you are incredible. The price you paid was incredible. And we thank you. We, we praise you for your bloodshed.
for our forgiveness. Jesus said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink in remembrance of me. Thank you, Jesus. Let's drink together. Praise God. And now that we've considered him, why don't you just put those cups right beside you there and just take a moment and give him thanks, would you? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. Thank you for making your sacrifice real to us. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Well, I just, I feel more zealous. If you do, and if you're driving out of the parking lot, just recognize that that thing, zeal behind the wheel, was an illustration in this. I've kind of learned over the years, sometimes you have to qualify things, you know. Had a guy rob a Circle K one time because I said it made more sense to rob a Circle K than it does to rob God. So I tried to qualify things now. Zeal behind the wheel illustrates in heart. Got it? You got it. I got it. If you uh, would please take those cups with you, there's a trash can or will be by the back door. Uh, our prayer team will be up here in the front. If you need personal prayer, would like personal prayer, someone will be here to pray with you. Uh, but please take those cups. We have another service going to start here in just a little bit. God bless you. God love you. Be zealous. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.